0: Welcome to Morning Java, brought to you, as always, by GetGo Cafe and Market, where, as always, Tom, they've got great sandwiches, great drinks, great things available, and the Pilgrim Sandwich is back. It's that time of the year, baby. I'm
1: going to get one right now. How you doing, Tom? I'm great. I'm great, Touchdown Maker. It's always good to be, it's always good to be seeing you on a Thursday. Yes, indeed. I'm Chris Carter.
0: He's Tom. Tom Let's get into this, Tom. Uh, we got a major trade here for the Penguins, Matt Murray. Is 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 on his way out to I think Ottawa. They got a second round pick, and my mind is blown here, Tom. They got John Gruden. How did they get the Raiders coach on the Penguins? I don't even know what's it. No, it's just Jonathan Gruden. He's just a player. But anyways, Tom, I want to hear your evaluation of this. You know, you've been writing about the you wrote about the Penguins and the window closing and that what that's like. What do you see this move as a sign as moving forward?
1: Well, I think it's you know this was a a a a glut of goalies right now being available. Uh, so I think for the most part, I, I think if you just look at it uh, real quickly, I think it's a pretty good trade for the Penguins uh, to get a second round pick out of it. Uh, you know, let's, as, as always, let, let's our, our audience here that we're doing this before we know uh, what the Penguins use the 52nd pick for, but you know, it is a second round pick and they have a prospect who last season uh, scored uh, 30 goals. I believe, uh, 36 assists in 50, 59 games uh, for the London Golden Knights in the, in the OHL. So that's a, you know, a quality organization. So I think I think uh, Jim Rutherford did a pretty good job on this deal. Uh, so and again, we'll, it's a very crowded market of goalies. Uh, so to, to jump out front and, and get this deal done, I think it's a good job. Plus, you know, again, we know so much about the Penguins over the last five, six, seven years because they're playing for now. They have been trading away high draft picks, so to at least bring somebody back in the second round. Again, we don't know at this time is uh, of taping who who the player ended up being, but I think it was it's a pretty good pretty good value for the Penguins.
0: Certainly, I mean, we, when you think about it, the Penguins had no first round pick, no second round pick in this draft to get that kind of a value with a move that they were talking about anyway. Now you can say Tristan Jari is going to be the man. I think that's a really interesting move here. If you had any insight on uh on how, how this what this means for the penguins moving forward as far as you know do you think that this that they find this to add another piece somewhere else down the line to to build a new core around Crosby and Malcolm and Latinque. What do you, what do you see the penguins like the, what's the what the what is what's their charted plan from here to keep addressing their team?
1: Well you know I, I think they're going to do as much as they can. Again this is more of a just getting some value back for the future. I, I don't think the second-round picks going to come in there and, right. and play this year, right? So that's a, that's, a, that's a move down the road. But it's also it, – while, while the stated importance, of course, is is right now and, and maximizing keeping the window open for Crosby and Malkin, uh, you do have to look a little bit – you have to make deals like this in some ways to help yourself uh, when those guys leave. And, then, you know, the, the window could be closed within a couple of years. And you don't want to be completely empty. You don't want to be – we see what's going on in Detroit right now. That, mm. that is a hopeless situation. I mean, there they did – they ran the, the – the, they did a great run in, with, with the Red Wings, and they kept those guys and kept those guys, and they got all old together, and they have not been able to turn the corner in their rebuild yet. And, you know, Pittsburgh fans don't want to see that happen. They know there will be pain when those guys leave. Of course there will be, but they're hoping that – that if you can just bring some of these – hit on some of these higher draft picks, that it won't be maybe as bad as, again, something that's happened in Detroit. I mean, look what's happened in Buffalo over these last years of trying to rebuild, and it hasn't worked. Uh, so, you know, again, I think this is more for the future. And, of course, you know, you say for Matt Murray, uh, fantastic job here in those couple of years. He was instrumental in helping them win a couple of Cups. Uh, Very difficult, you know, that was a very difficult time with Marc-Andre Fleury. He was so popular. Murray stepped in there and was able to win two titles for them. And, uh, you know, let's not forget that as he he goes out the door. Tom, we got more crazy
0: news going on, this time in the NFL. Uh, The COVID-19 continues to ravage through the league. Uh, Well, I'd say not say ravage, but it continues to pop up because it seemed for the first three weeks – Everyone across the board had a clean bill of health. And then the Titans happened last week. And then there was Cam Newton. But now we're seeing more. Two more Titans players tested positive yesterday for COVID-19. And now the Titans versus Bills game is in jeopardy. The NFL has reported, according to Tom Pelisorio, that the NFL is reportedly investigating the Titans to see if their players have been working out together or doing team activities together off-site while their facilities are closed, which would be against the the policies and the protocols that they have uh, which, if that's the case, Roger Goodell just dropped a huge memo about this and how and how this could this could, uh, how the, the league might take draft picks, bigger fines, and even a forfeiture of a game in this situation. On top of that, you got Stephon Gilmore for the Patriots, their top cornerback, testing positive for COVID-19. He was seen just a couple nights ago being very close to Patrick Mahomes after the game, talking face to face. There's a lot of concern right now. Um, I, I think it's legitimate, but how do you think the NFL is handling this situation right now?
1: Well, you know, again, we're we're all of us are dealing, you know, this is just an unprecedented time. You, it's become a cliche in the last couple of months to say that, but it is. I mean, no one, uh, my, you know what, I will say this. My my one in, bit of insight here is I can remember, was it in April? It's usually right around draft time when the schedule came out. And my, the first thing I thought of, and it, it just again, remember the time of year when, when, the, when COVID was really, it was the first wave. We were right in the middle of the first wave. And the NFL decided to come out with this schedule anyway. And my first reaction was, okay, I had no issue with them coming out with the Steelers going to play this team, this team, this team in a row. I would have liked to have seen the NFL not put dates on games until Mm -hmm. as they got closer to give them wiggle room. In other words, you know, the Super Bowl doesn't have to be played February 6th. Right. I mean, in a year like this, they should have given themselves some wiggle room to know that, that, that games may have to be postponed and I think uh, and we're going to get this to, into this in the next segment but just quickly with what's happened with the Titans is they've had to close the facility so it's not just you know everyone thought well okay if guys get hurt that's why we have extra players in the practice squad this year right we can move those guys up let's play but 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 the but the facility has become a big part of this whole story and you know, again, everyone's kind of learning at the same time as, as they go through this. And and we've mentioned, I think, last week when we talked, it's not like Major League Baseball where you can play doubleheaders. And it's not like soccer where you can play two games in a week. Uh, the NFL is a violent game. And, and you know, pushing it right now, it, they're, they're pushing it to begin with. I just wish the NFL would have given itself more wiggle room at the beginning. And maybe they still will. Maybe they still will say, OK, we're not going to start the playoffs in x on X date, we're, you know, We'll start it a little bit later. It's, I don't even know. I, Chris, where's the Super Bowl this year? Raymond think, James Stadium in uh, – Oh, that's it's, right. It's, yeah. It's in Miami. Yeah. Well, what I think it's Tampa Bay. Okay, it's in Tampa. So the, so the weather's going to be warm, whether it's February 6th or February right. 12th, or whatever the date is. I just think that the NFL has to maybe give themselves a little bit of a, a longer runway here to, to move back some of these games. Or, again, as you, as you mentioned at the outset, they're going to have to start – forfeiting Mm -hmm. Uh, and but I don't know what that leads into as far as do guys get paid uh does the NFL get paid do they lose the money from the networks if that game's not played Mm -hmm. Um, and again we like we're a society that likes to assign blame but it's they everyone's kind of working with this you know this is this just doesn't happen there's no playbook
0: now, now, the other thing to remember is that the, the NFL did book out Raymond James Stadium through April. So they have the space to move the Super Bowl back. And this is why I said from the jump, instead of postponing the Titans-Steelers game to a bye, to, and moving bye weeks around, just push it to after week 17. Push the playoffs back. Everyone that doesn't have any canceled games, they, they're the, they get just some bye weeks if they're in the playoffs. And then the teams that need to play their games, they play their games. And you just deal with it then. But when you're pressing it into these weeks, we're not sure if they'll play the Bills now. And and Ben Roethlisberger bringing up the fact that they got the, the Steelers got the short end of the stick here. If 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 the Bills get a forfeited game and the Steelers have to play, but the Steelers were the first team that had to deal with this, that would yeah. be the short end of the stick, and that would show me a lack of preparation from the NFL, from the NFL or lack of like hey. Let's use the wiggle room. Like you said, the wiggle room that we have here right this year. There's no need to finish the league this year. Tom, this time last year was the start of the NBA season. We're talking about the NBA finals right now. Why can't the NFL expand it out more? I think that would be a much better plan. So, Tom, an interesting comparison here. We were talking about off-camera, and so we wanted to bring it on on on-camera here. But there's a big difference in how both college football and the NFL are handling this because when – when a player tests positive, or when, when there appears that there could be an outbreak at a team facility in the NFL, the facility shuts down. Everything, you know, everyone has to switch to Zoom meetings. Everything, and the teams have to wait until you know, they clear for a few days, and then they can re-enter their facilities. But in college football, we've seen that's not the case. People are testing positive; they're just being forced to quarantine. And those players just keep on playing. I mean, heck, there was a you know the, the first two games of the season, Pitt had seven players test pods or on the on their on their not playing because of COVID complications list. And then in their second game, they had three players to, on that list. There's a big that's a big difference there in the same sport. I know it's a different league, but
1: why do you think that difference is? Two words: players' union. Uh, one one team is a one, one is a group of professionals that had was able to sit at the table with the NFL and go through this uh, plan in the summer as they went, as they got ready for the season, knowing that COVID was an issue. And the other group really doesn't, don't forget, they were just fighting to play, right? Yeah. I mean, the big 10 was marching and marching, but they, you know, they, they had protests with players and parents. They just wanted to play. Uh, they, and, and I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong. But to me, that's the biggest. The facility is the biggest difference. Yeah. Because if they're if, if 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 the if college football had the same rules as the NFL does, there would be there would be games canceled and not either not played or forfeited, like left and right. I mean, it would be much larger. Just like you said, with the situation with Pitt, uh, they would have to probably clear the facility. Uh, so you know, in some ways, I do wonder that – the the. the, the, the some of these guys are being put in, in college or being put at much more risk than the NFL players. Uh, but I think to me, that's the biggest difference. And I think it's very interesting. I mean, college football might not be, able to be played if, if if they went that route. And of course, you know, we're talking a difference between 32 teams and you know, I don't, I'm not very good at math, Chris. You tell me like a hundred teams or whatever in the, in the top. Something in the top like fight. that. <laughs> so it's uh it's very interesting in the way that they're going about it. And, you know, with college football, there's been no – now that the, all, these, all the conferences are coming back, there's been no talk of, of like, okay, well, we'll delay a game. And, again, there, there again, we're talking of delaying games, moving them down in the schedule, uh, but not shutting the facility down. And uh, occasionally, occasionally – I think some, like, even Notre Dame was, like, put on pause – a couple of times, but it wasn't just because of the facility. And that's, that is the biggest difference. We talked about this last week with the Titans. It's not like the Titans could go to Vanderbilt and say, Hey, can we use your, can we use your facility right, right now? That, that's just not, that, that, that can't happen. And just like we mentioned in the last segment with the Titans and possibly those guys trying to work out together, right? Just they're, they're trying to stay fresh. And yet, you know, the virus doesn't care. The virus doesn't care about your plans. And, and it, it's, it, this is what's made this, all of it, so difficult for, for all of us in, in many ways, but for, for leagues and, and, and conferences to kind of get their head wrapped around.